You say, how you doing over there? Yep, yep, yep. It's a great question. We're going to force you to be friendly at South Point. We always do. It's a good place to practice, safe place to practice. And besides, sometimes we, we pretend like just because we're in church, we got it all together, right? And we know that's not the case. And sometimes when somebody says, hey, how you doing? Be ready for the answer that's not fine. How are you? Sometimes I go, it's been a terrible week. Well, cool. Peel off to the side and visit with them a little bit. You know, you may just meet a friend there, have something in common with them. We, we're just all about that here at South Point. We want to we have community, have some relationships, get to know one another, go through life together. Amen? Have some success together. Be good. Be good. Be good. Hey, we're in the middle of a really cool series about vision of South Point, where we're going, who we are, all that kind of good stuff. Um, if you have your orange bulletin, there's some notes in there. We do have the version working today. You can go on version, click on events, and then all the notes are right there for you. You can take notes on version, then email them to yourself. That's a great way to do that. But uh, we're going to jump right in this morning because uh, the, a couple of weeks ago, uh, really, I feel like God was setting me up for some extra stuff for this, for this message, what we're going to talk about today, because I, I, I love to listen to podcasts. Do we have any podcast listeners in here today? Yeah. I also, I listen to books and all, all different kinds of stuff, messages and talks and all that, but I love podcasts because that usually they're longer format and I can kind of get into the meat of the subject. And uh, this person that I was listening to, they had a podcast and had a special guest, this genetic scientist on there, and the entire podcast was about genetic engineering, gene manipulation. Have you ever heard anything about all that? And, and they got into this section about designer babies. Have you ever heard those terms? Designer babies. And they can, now it, it's supposed to be unethical and that nobody's doing it yet in this country. But other places around the world, they're already experimenting with some of those things. Gene manipulation, going way down to the, to the uh, DNA level. And they're understanding that, like it started with, they wanted to, they wanted to find out what causes some of these uh, fatal diseases in people, right? And they go into those genes and they turn those diseases off or remove them, replace them with healthy genetics. And they've been successful in some of those areas and some of the things that they're doing. And uh, it's pretty incredible that a that a, an embryo or genetic, I don't know how they do it all, but that was diagnosed with this particular disease. They go in and reformat some stuff, control, alt, delete, I think is what they use on that. It fixes it all. That's what it does on my computer. <laughs> you got to wait about four or five minutes, but it comes up fixed. Uh, and, and, I, and I listened to all the different stuff. They actually use, they, they have rewired some specific bacteria that they call CRISPR. I don't know if you've heard of that. And they inject CRISPR into the genes after they genetically tell it what to do and it goes in and has the capability of changing your DNA before you're ever anything and it's removed some of these diseases. It's incredible. Of course though, we take that, we want to take that to the next level. Well, I, I've always had brown hair and I just don't like brown hair. I'd love for my kid to have striped hair. Oh, okay, well, we can figure those genetics out. Well, I've always had brown eyes. I always wanted green eyes. Can, can my kids have green eyes? Sure. And that's the dilemma that we're working with in science right now. Gene manipulation, genetic engineering, designer babies. Look at your neighbor and say, uh-oh. Yeah. I was listening to that. I don't know if I was, at the beginning, I think I got excited. Like, this is super cool. Thank you, God, for incredible wisdom and intelligence and 
what in the world are we doing? Are we nuts? You know, like by the end of the podcast, I couldn't believe some of the stuff I was hearing that where we're going in the next 20 years and the things that, that we're talking about. But listening to all that reminded me, and it, it plays into the message for today. Because today I want to talk to you about the genetics, the DNA of South Point. I want to talk to you about the, those microscopic things maybe that, that you don't always see that really influence who we are. Because if you take the DNA, you know, if you go way, 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 way on the inside and you change the genetics, it affects everything you see on the outside, right? The looks, the actions, the behaviors, the wants, it's all controlled by the genetics in there. It's all, that's where the table is set and then we take it from there. Well, can I tell you, it's really the same thing at South Point. Um, Companies have the same thing. They have DNA. What what we call them at South Point, we call them our core values. They're they're inside. They're at the core of who we are as a church. These are the things that we value. And they're they're important. Businesses have them. I I was reading last night, I was reading about uh, Adidas. Here's one. Adidas has five core values. Here's one of them. We are innovation and design leaders who seek to help athletes of all skill levels, thank the Lord, achieve peak performance with every product we bring to market. It's one of their core values. That's one of the things that drives what we see is that value that they have. Starbucks. See, anybody ever been in a Starbucks in here inside? Or you just go through the drive-thru? See if this doesn't resemble what you see, feel, at Starbucks. Starbucks core value, creating a culture of warmth and belonging where everyone is welcome. Ah. Oh. But don't you don't you feel that way when you go to Starbucks? The 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 interior exterior built, it's all warm. They got music playing. Their lights are not white, they're all amber. It's soft. It smells like fresh roasted coffee, right? They've got some soft couches in there. Somebody say preach it, pastor. Right? You just, you just walk in and you go, oh, I, I don't know what their core values are, but I see them. Does that make sense? I, I feel them. I hear them. I, I, I understand them without ever have reading them. And that's the same thing at South Point. We have core values, and what we like to say is there, there are two things. They're both descriptive of what we value and prescriptive of developing us as followers of Christ. Let me say that again. There, there are two things. Our core values, they're descriptive of what we value. These seven core values that we're going to talk about today, they're descriptive of what's important to us. What we hope is deep on the inside that really brings out who we are and what you see and what you feel and what you understand us to be at South Point. But they're also prescriptive for the follower of Christ to develop into. That's what we hope, that a dual purpose, not just, not just something that's hanging on the wall, right? But that's something that's walking down the hall. You know, to preach that, right? That, that's not just something that we talk about, but something that's actually reflective of who we are. So today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about these things. I'm going to talk about our genetics today, our core values. And see if when we talk about these, you don't go, oh yeah, I, I, I recognize that, I felt that, I've seen that, I, I've understood that at South Point. And not just on that side, but while we're listening to it today, let me, let me give you the end of the message before. What I'm hoping is that you go, that's what I want to see in my life. That it's also prescriptive. I hope I see that in my family. I hope I see that in my habits. I hope I see that in my temper. I hope I see that in my reactions, my dreams, 
my wants, my free time. You know what I'm saying? I hope that it's not just descriptive of who South Point is, but it's prescriptive of who we desire to be like. The, the number one and number seven are kind of bookends today. They're the things that hold all of the rest of these together. Let me give you the first one is this. that uh, and, and, and believe it or not, we've had core values since the first year. Uh, my wife and I, Jenny and I, became lead pastors at South Point nine and a half years ago. We came in, South Point didn't have core values, and we felt like, you know what, we need these to these DNA adjustments to make sure that our outside reflects what's on the inside. So we came up with seven core values, and just over this summer, we took a, a few days away and got away and really rewired, reworked our core values so that they're not just the words you see in there on our, on our Common Grounds Cafe. You see those, those are our core values on the wall. Those are going to be gone next week. And over here on this wall in the hallway is going to be a whole new set of them. These, the same core values, just reworked. Instead of just being a word, we re- reworked them to have a little oomph behind them like, this is us. This is who we are. Not just words. These are our genetics. We've designed South Point, according to the Bible, to reflect the one who the Bible's about. Does that make sense? We, we had, a, we had a, an end in mind, and we designed it that way. That's what we hope through our leadership, through the construction of our administration and how we do things. We designed it so that we would reflect the one who has saved our lives. Number one is this, that we surrender to transformation. We surrender. Everybody say surrender. May have been the toughest word in all of our core values. We surrender. Do you understand that God wants to transform you? We sing songs that he loves you exactly the way you are. He loves you completely, 100% the way you are right there where you sit. All of our mistakes, all of our past, God loves us. That took me about five years to understand as a new believer in college. God loves me the way I am. But then the flip side of that is, he loves me too much to leave me who I am. He wants to constantly, and I thought, because we had a new members class. Anybody ever been through a new members class? We had a new members class that was 16 weeks long. You know how long 16 weeks? You can raise a puppy in 16 weeks. You know what I'm saying? It's too long for a new members class. Our, we call ours growth track. It's three weeks. Come on. All right, yeah, preach that. Ours was 16 weeks, and I remember there was like, I had a little, we were in a little church, like 125 people, and there were like four of us for 16 weeks. It was exciting. <laughs> but I thought at the end of that 16 weeks, that's what God was going to transform me through those 16 weeks. God was going to show me the things that he wanted, the things that I was going to understand. But I've come to realize, y'all get ready with your amen on this. I've come to realize that transformation never ends. Never. I've been doing this professionally for 25 years this year, for a living, for a career. Got dozens and dozens of extra hours after college just studying it. Never ends. Here's our definition that we put with it. Allowing Christ to shape and mold every element of our life to reach our God-given potential. Every element. Think about that. How does, how does that fit you? How does that shoe lace up on your foot? Every element. What's he wanting to transform today? And here's why. Do you understand? Like These aren't just things. This is a super important message to us because these aren't just things to hang on the wall. We hope that this changes who we look like. 
We're allowing God to transform our genes, manipulate who we are, who we were born like, to come, become who he created us like. Two different things. Listen to Romans 12.1, one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. 1 and 2 says this, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. That's what true worship's all about. It has nothing to do with music. I love worshiping music. I love it. Transformation's where real worship comes in. Giving him the keys. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but instead be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let me ask you a question real quick before I read this last verse. How many would love to know the will of God for your life? How many times have you thought, oh, I'd love to know what God's will is right now for my life? I got your answer right here. Then, once you surrender to transformation, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You want to know why we surrender to transformation? Because God knows where we're going and we don't. God knows our best. He knows our full potential, and we do not. And we would pray and tell God, God, we surrender as a church, as individuals. We surrender to whatever you want to do in our lives. Ahead of time, I tell you that. When, when I get upset, I, I, I've told this story many times in my first year of marriage. I, I grew up totally lost, cussed like a sailor, got saved, saw in Scripture where it says, you know, don't let foul language come out of your mouth, no coarse joking, all that. I'm like, well, that cuts me down to two sentences a day. You know, that's all I can talk. But about a year later, uh, I, I mean, I was really, really doing good, living for Christ. Uh, but on Fridays, I was off on Fridays, and, and Jenny worked. She was a teacher. And so on Fridays was my, like, Steven Seagal, Arnold Schwarzenegger movie days. You know what I mean? Like, just rip them up, kill them, and all that. And really didn't even notice all the language that came with it. And I'm a new believer. I'm really close to the old Scott, the B.C. Scott. You know what I'm saying? I remember one day we're coming back from the town. We went out and ate, and we got in this argument. And we're talking about stuff, and Jenny starts winning the argument. And all of a sudden, out of my mouth comes Steven Seagal and Arnold Schwarzenegger. All these words that I hadn't said in over a year. And I was just, rah, 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 rah. And I look over, and she's just giant eyes. She's like, what was that? And I knew immediately what that was, that fast. We didn't hardly say a word all the way home. We get back. Prophet Jenny walks in. <laughs> Not a professional title, just a spiritual one. And she said, I think I know what it is. And I said, what's that? She goes, the movies you watch on Friday, that's the only place you get that. And my first reaction was, there ain't no way. That's my outlet. That's what, you're out of the house, I don't have to listen to you go, oh, ow, I wish you wouldn't say that. Like all that kind of stuff. This is from man time. Within about five minutes, I heard, God said, man, I really, I'd really like to work that genetics inside of you, but I'm not going to force you to do it. You're going to have to surrender to it. And that's been the story of my life. Mess up big. Whoops, that was my fault, Lord. What do I need to fix? Transform. Take a step. Leave that behind and move on. Don't be conformed by the ways of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. A new way of thinking, surrendering to transformation. Let me just tell you, that is our first step. That's our first core value. Because unless we say yes to him, all the rest of it is just for show. It's all temporary. Unless he's driving. Amen?
Second core value at South Point, super important, is this, that we share Jesus. Yep, that's a good spot for one. Thank you for those amens. Loving the world by sharing the hope and message of the gospel. This is important to every one of us. Who in this room had someone at some time in your life invite you to go to church? Anyone? Most. Most. I am, I am 20 years old. In college, my cousin moves to the same college town that I'm at. He's a radical, crazy, weirdo Christian. That's all I knew him by. And all of a sudden, he starts showing up at my house every couple of months. Sometimes when we're just hanging out on Saturday watching football. And sometimes it's Friday night when I've got 25 people over. We're doing things that Christians don't do. And it makes it real uncomfortable, if you know what I'm talking about. And he would come in and go, oh, y'all having a party? What does it look like? Get out of here, nerd. I'm just being honest. And he would walk in. How are y'all doing? I'm Jason. I'm Scott's cousin. I'm a youth pastor. I'm like, oh, no. You're going to kill everybody's buzz in here. That's what I thought. And I, would, and I would pull him out on the front porch and say, Jason, you can't do this. All right? You need to call ahead. I did. I called ahead. Talked to your roommate. He said, come on over. You know what I'm saying? It, and, it, and for about two and a half years, every couple of months, he'd Give me a call, come over. He'd, he'd call me on Saturday morning. Hey, you want to go eat, grab some pizza today? I'm buying. What, in college, what do you say when somebody asks you that? Yep. Yes, please. Yeah, let's do that. And it was through that process. He didn't start with, hold on just a sec. Yes, Lord, I'll tell him. I'll tell him. I got that. I'm writing that down. Yes, hey, Scott, what Jesus was saying. He didn't start there. He started with, hey, man, I just want to hang out with you. Hey, man, I just want to buy you some number three combo, supersize. Hey, you want to go to the game together? Sure. You want to go fishing? Absolutely. That's where it started. And I remember the first awkward, I remember sitting at Mazio's Pizza in Clinton, Oklahoma, sitting across table, and we're eating a sausage pizza. Isn't that weird how those things stick in your mind? And he goes, Scott, I want to share something with you. And I'm like, well, you don't need to say that. We're family, you know, you know. Set the table, I need to share something with. I thought that's what we're doing here. You know? And he said, Man, I just, it's, I feel like God's been telling me this about you. And I was like, You know, I'm like, Oh, you've run the lunch. Here we go. And he said, Man, I just, I just feel like you're going down the wrong trail, that God's really got plans for your life. And you're just missing opportunities, you're just missing potential. And just went on to explain. And you know what? The first time, I don't know how much registered. I have no idea how much registered. But I do know that over the next year, he turned up the heat a little bit. He would say, you want to come to church with me? We're going on this guy's retreat. We'd do this. None of those ever worked, but they were all piling up. And the night everything went south, you know, it, was not a, it wasn't a sermon that I remember when it came time. It wasn't somebody correcting me that I remember. It was all of those times. Him showing me love, him showing me love, him caring for me, and then him connecting it to Jesus. And I remember the first phone call I made the next morning was to him. I don't know what's going on. It's like poltergeist last night. I don't know what that was, but you need to come here because me and Jesus talked all night long. Can I tell you that it's important for you and I, for the DNA that we believe in, what we value, Christ, what has changed us, to allow that to influence how we affect others. 
What, what did he do for you? Think about this. What did he do for you? Sometimes when we say share Jesus, you think a message or a scripture. And you go, well, I don't, I don't know messages. I don't know verses, so that's it. But what did Jesus do to you? Did he love you? No. Did Jesus love you? Did he show kindness to you? Did he forgive you? Was he patient with you? Did he help you? Did he guide you? Go share that. Go love people. Go guide them. Go have patience with them. That's sharing Jesus. And when the time's right, connect the dots. You know why I do what I do? You know why I take you to lunch? Because God's been speaking to me about you. He loves you. He's got plans for your life. That's our DNA, church. I hope that it's not just descriptive of what we believe is right, but it's prescriptive of who we want to be. Amen? We share Jesus. Number three is that we love people. I'm preaching to the choir on this. Wanting the same things for others as you want for yourself. And that means all others. Can somebody say all others? That means all others. That means people of all backgrounds, shapes, sizes, colors, education, salaries, single, married, young, old, church, de-churched, unchurched. That's everybody. Did I miss somebody? Funny, not funny. Boring, exciting, all of them. Who, throw some in there. All people. We want to love them. Love is the gateway to Jesus. Love is the door that gives you permission to step into their life and share Jesus. Without love, it's not going to happen. Somebody told me when I was starting to raise my kids, they said, now listen, correction outside of a relationship with your kids breeds rebellion. And I instantly thought of my relationship with God. Isn't that the truth? When I only talk to God during troubled times, I don't really listen to him. But when I talk to him throughout the day, throughout the week, and he speaks to me, I'm open to that. Because we have a relationship. I want to tell you, if you'll love people, they'll overlook a lot of mistakes in your life. They won't worry that we're all hypocrites. They'll listen to you and give you permission to speak into their life. Love people. Amen? Love people. Matthew 22, 39 Jesus said, love your neighbor as who? As yourself. Same things you want for yourself. Peace. I'm not talking a new motorcycle. Comfort. I'm not talking a new house. Kindness. Those are the things we want for ourselves. Patience. Another chance. Friendship. Those are the things that we want. Learn, let's learn to love people. Amen? It'll change the world. Number four, we serve the hurting. If you've been around South Point very long, you understand that. We serve that. We just had our serve day last month, something like that, where we had nine or ten projects around South Metro, Central Metro, all over where we're helping people that need help. We are serving people that need to be served. And and what's amazing is sometimes we think that's just a New Testament thing, that God was all about this when Jesus came. But from the beginning, God has been commanding us. I read in Deuteronomy, showed one of our staff members this week, where, where in Deuteronomy, God said, I was hoping that when I freed you, you would free your slaves and give them back their property. In Deuteronomy, first couple of books of the Bible, God's plan has always been for us to be free in helping those That are hurting. Always. Listen to this in Isaiah. When he comes to Isaiah. And these people are being very religious. Very spiritual. But then he checks them on their DNA. He checks them on their heart. And he says this. 
Isaiah 58, 6 through 10. Is this not the kind of fasting that I have chosen? Hold on. You thought fasting was just about not having Dr. Pepper for 30 days, right? That's what we thought fasting was. One of the hardest things I've ever done in my whole life, right? Anybody else hate fasting? Let's just get it off our chest, all right? Yeah. That's why we have to do it. It's good for us. They were fasting really well, but it wasn't showing on the outside. Their actions hadn't changed. Listen to what he says. To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke. To set the oppressed free and break every yoke. He's trying to correct a religious mindset into a relationship mindset. Like, listen, I have rescued you. I have helped you in your hurting. I want you to go do the same thing to others. It's not that difficult, right? Here's what I want to challenge you as we move past this core value. This is one of our core values. This This is why we gave away gift cards on Mother's Day to single moms, gave away uh, makeovers to single moms. Why? Because they're struggling. We see that. Let's reach out and help. We do that all the time. As a church, do you know that you support the Wounded Warrior Project? That you support International Justice Mission, rescuing people out of sex trafficking all over this world? Small portions of what you give every month go to organizations that are doing great things for people that are hurting just because that's who we are. And they're doing it, and I want to be connected to it. Amen? It doesn't say win them to Jesus. It just says help the hurting. Help set them p- people free. Hopefully through that, they'll ask you why, and then you can connect the dots. Amen? At South Point, our DNA is we help the hurting. I want to challenge you this week. This week. Here's a project for this week. Look for somebody that's hurting. Doesn't matter if it's legit. Elbow your neighbor and say he's talking to you. Okay, You don't have to judge them. What they do with your kindness and your love is up to them. What you do when you see it is between you and God. Amen? Let, let's practice. People ask me, do you ever give to peep the, the homeless you know, that are taking up money? You know what they're going to do with that, right? They're going to walk right over that liquor store and get... Yeah, that's, most of the time I don't give to them. I have, I have really good places that I can give to if I have an extra 10 bucks or 20 bucks or 50 bucks. I have really good places I can give to. But every now and then I do. Do you know why I give to them knowing they're going to take that and go spend it on something bad? Because I'm irresponsible, right? Is that why I give to them? Because I'm practicing. I'm practicing not asking for clarification or credentials. Okay, I know you're hurting, but let's see. Before I help you with your rent, let's go over your finances so I can really help you so you're not in this place again. There's a, there's a time for that, right? That'd be, that's great. But can I tell you, the first response when Jesus saw the blind guy was, hey, what, what do you want? And he said, I want to see. Well, here's the problem with that. You're dumb. He, he didn't say that, right? He healed him. I'm so glad that Jesus started with helping the hurting, me and you, and then he worked on the transformation. He worked on catching first and then cleaning. Right? Been a fishing analogy today. Number five is this. We live in community. Sharing our lives, growing in faith, and expressing God's love to the world. We do that in lots of different ways, and we call all of those different ways small groups. This is big group. This is one minute during the week. But we have small groups that meet throughout the month, 
We have small groups that help people. We have small groups that meet and do Bible studies. We have small groups that do all kinds of stuff. And the reason we do that is it gives you opportunity to live in community with other people that believe the same way you do. So our hopes is that just like it says in Proverbs, as iron sharpens iron, people and communities sharpen one another. Amen? You remember what it says in Genesis, very early on in Genesis 2? God makes man. Everything else, he said, this is good. For six days, he created, said, this is good. He makes man, and he goes, hmm. (laughs) It's not good for him to be alone. God knew from the beginning it's not good for you to be alone. You need to live in community. And can can I just say this before we move on? As part of our DNA, as part of who we are, living in community is intentional. Most small groups that are doing things aren't going to hit you up, but what's great is you can go on our website, super easy way. You can go on our website in the privacy of your own home, click on our point groups, is what we call them here at South Point, point groups, and you can look at all the different small groups we have and go, what do I want to do? What do I want to be involved with? Who are the people I want to share community with? And learn to be transformed by living out your faith. Amen? Number six, super important that we are givers. Let me say that again. I didn't get that. We are givers. And let's not get stuck. Don't, don't, don't shut our ears because we just think financially. Listen, if God doesn't have your heart, he's never going to get your finances. Right? We're givers. We believe this. Generously giving our time, finances, and abilities into what? God's work and purpose on earth. That's what I want to give it into. Here's what I've learned by reading God's word, that my house is not going to go with me. How many of you ever walked through an estate sale? Jenny says, we're going to set our house on fire when we get sick. So it doesn't have to go through an estate sale. I always feel sad. I I, I love them because I always find a good deal on a knife or a hat or something like that. I love it. But can, can I just reinforce that you can't take it with you? But there's one thing that I can invest in, my time in, my finances in, and my abilities, me, my flesh in, that returns dividends for eternity. And it's God's work on this planet. I want to encourage you. You want to transform? Allow God to start controlling where you give. Where you give your time, where you give your abilities, and where you give your finances. You know why it's so important? All through Scripture. Jesus talks more about it. Paul talks more about it than heaven or hell. Talks more about how we give. Listen to this. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8, super important. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Aren't you glad there's a spiritual law out there that says if I invest my time, ability, and finances generously, that God sees that and will bless me back? Sometimes we think, like, if I give a thousand bucks, God gives me a thousand bucks. That's not how that works. Thank God that's not how that works. You can manipulate that. Thank God that he gives us, he returns back to me peace. He gives me direction on how to, where to walk, where the safe road is. That he, his word illuminates my path and he lights my, my feet. Thank God that he helps me to understand his word. That he, that he turns me to the right and to the left. He says when you hear a voice behind you calling out to the right and to the left, that's me. Let's keep reading. Verse 7, each of you, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. 
hold on a minute. I thought it was what the pastor said to give. It's not part of our DNA. We put, we put giving in all those areas back to the individual. We want it to be your DNA. Amen? We want it to be your surrendering to transformation. We want it to be between you and Jesus, not between the staff of the church where you try to find God in you. Keeps going. In your hearts give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound in all the good works he's calling us to do. That's why we are givers. Because God says when, when we give generously with our time, our finances, our abilities, then he's able to give back. He's able to give back into our life. I mean, one more question. I'm about done. How many want God to give generously into your life? Let's look for ways. Let's look for ways to be givers. Let's change our DNA. Can I tell you that uh, even on the other side of that, I'm going I'm to I'm be real honest with you. I'm a dumb giver sometimes. I've had to learn to be a smart giver. My wife doesn't give me cash because it all disappears in the first day. Because I'm just a giver. But I've had to, the reason I share some of that stuff earlier is the reason I've had to learn what's wise about giving. Where does it make the biggest impact? Where can I help change somebody's direction of their week, of their month, of their year? By going and spending a day with them. By buying groceries for them. By repairing their front door. You know what I'm saying? There's lots of ways to give. Lots of ways to give. Let's learn to be good, smart givers and impact people's lives with it. Amen? And the last one is this. All these rolled together. I said these were the bookends of the message. Core value. Our DNA, number seven, is that we are the church seven days a week. This is a reminder constantly to us. That the church exists to be the love and the hope of Christ, not just on Sundays. Amen? Seven days a week. These other six core values, these are things that change us and change other people. But it's a reminder to us that every single day of the week, every single day of the week, a scripture that we used last week is right here, right now. Matthew 5, 16 says, let your light shine before others. At work, in our hobbies, at school, with our friends, so that they can see your DNA. So they can see the manipulation of your genes supernaturally. Let your light shine before others so they can see what you're doing and that they will glorify God because of it. That's what it's about. We are the church. You know, I've been asked a couple of times about this one. Do we really need to be reminded that we're the church seven days a week? Here's what we need to be reminded of is what the church is. That's what we need to be reminded of. Do you know that this building, South Point, is not the church? You may, if, if, if we're in this latitude and longitude long enough, you may get an email one day after a big storm that said, South Point building is no longer there. Because we built in the Tornado Alley. We have stood in this parking lot several times and watched those big ones come right up 44 
and hanging east, thinking this is it, this is when we're getting it. Can I tell you, this is not the building. This, or this is the building. This is not the church. This is the church. You are the church. And just like Christ is the hope for you, you are the hope for this world. It's important that you yield and surrender to transformation so people can see that in you. It's important that you are a giver so that God's work can go forward. It's important that you share Jesus and connect the dots because you're loving people and they need to know why you're loving people. And all of those are rolled together because you are who God handed the baton to and then ascended into heaven. We're the hope of this world. Not that you have to go preach a message, but let the greatest sermon you'll ever preach, let that just be in how you live seven days a week. Amen? Let that be in how you treat people and how we respond, how we're patient with them, how we just love them like Jesus loved us, how we just share Jesus with them. That's our DNA. We manipulated it from the beginning we picked out of God's word and said, this is what's most important. You know why? Because it's not just descriptive of a really good church. It's prescriptive of who really good God people are. And we hope that after time of spending time at South Point, you become a reflection of Jesus. Hearing his voice. Being transformed by his voice. Saying yes to his voice. Amen? Those are the core values. That's what's at the core. That's what we value at South Point. What do you value? Do you hope that that becomes who you are? Those core DNA genetic values? Let's take a minute. Let's do something supernatural. Maybe the most spiritual thing you do all day. Let's close our eyes. Forget who's right and left of us. And let's ask God. To take his Holy Spirit, the same one that formed this universe, and manipulate our genes. How about that? Lord, we are so thankful for your word. We're so thankful that you are able to do what we cannot. That when we're, when we're trying to be transformed by this world, that you can take us. And that you can transform our hearts and our minds and our souls supernaturally, spiritually. You change what we, what we desire. You change what we hunger for. You change what we like and dislike. You take our impatience and you make it patient. You take our, our, our quick to get angry and you make it slow to become angry. And then you take it another step, you make it kind, make it loving. Lord, we say today, we say today that we surrender to transformation. We surrender to you transforming us. We surrender to you changing our core, our values, what we, what we hope reflects our outside. And I pray today for everyone in this room, Lord, it's not, just about, it's not just about us as individuals. It's about us as the church, the big C, changing this world. I pray that today you would help us to be transformed by your spirit that you'd change who we are on the inside, our heart, our mind, our soul. That would reflect who we are on the outside. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. One more time. Let's tell him in song. Can we do that? What a great way to end a service.